Welcome to the Dirt Report Podcast for the week of May 31st, the final day of May. We're headed to June. We got the Dirt Late Model Dream. We got the Summer Nationals. Uh, Kyle McFadden, we kind of had like a pretty crazy, uh, bonkers weekend. And of course, you were on the scene at the location. Ricky Thornton Jr., he was pretty much fast all weekend at Wheeland. Gets the win. Then, of course, you know, after failing tackle uh, after the race with the droop rule, he got penalized to fifth place. Still got some money out of it. But, you know, what was just the initial reaction of all that happening? Because you were on the grounds there. We obviously talked to each other immediately following. I'm like, hey, we have to go get Ricky Thornton. Uh, just some crazy bananas. But, uh, yeah, just uh, a good weekend of racing that kind of, you know, got overshadowed with the Ricky Thornton news. Yeah, I mean, the initial reaction was quite astonishment. I mean, you're standing, I was standing on the front stretch, just kind of watching everything play out in real time. And, you know, us as reporters, you know, we're kind of formulating our stories and questions and where we're going to angle the night and how we're going to write everything that just went down. And and then all of a sudden, you know, here comes Devin Moran pulling off of the back stretch. Uh, rolling down turn two into turn one. And, you know, at that point there had been no announcement and um, typically like the guy who, if you finish in the top five at the show me, you know, you're going to roll down the back stretch and pull on to the front stretch. Whereas the winner of the night, you know, pulls off of uh, rolls through turns one and two to get the victory lane. And I'm like, is this like what I think it is? And uh, sure enough, it was. And um, just a complete astonishment from everybody, the crowd and obviously Ricky Thornton too, and his team. And, and so, uh, you know, the penalty came out to be in three eighths of an inch too high off of uh, the 51 inch uh, so-called droop rule where you measure uh the rear deck so and and just uh yeah just um you know i thought that ricky handled that well obviously it's an unfortunate deal where you have a a three-day race weekend like the show me where perfect weather you know had uh you could not ask ask for better weather those three nights and, uh, you know, the racing up until uh, that Saturday night feature where the track was just so rough, right? I mean, 13 cautions and, you know, just really nothing could, could really get going outside of that 30-lap run toward the end of the race there. I mean, it was uh, rough conditions and an unfortunate ending. And But, I mean, it, it you know, the rule's the rule and, and – uh, it's just, it was just wild. That'll go down as probably the craziest race I've covered. And, and, uh, you know, I was talking with Devin Moran too. He, uh, said that that'll go down as a top three craziest race that he's been a part of. And, you know, he couldn't really celebrate like he wanted to, you know, his first crown jewel victory, his first $50,000 victory of his career. And, you know, just one of those nights that uh, you'll never forget and, um, you know, one that Ricky Thornton Jr. will will want to forget and uh, put in the rear view quite quickly. And 
he'll be able to do that with uh, you know the series going to West Virginia Motor Speedway this weekend. But yeah, no, totally, just a a complete kind of whirlwind of a night, and you know left a lot of people there, left with some emotions and and you know some uh, opinions of of just how everything went down. But the rules, the rule, and you know it's unfortunate that a parts failure happened too, but with Ricky Thornton Jr. and the droop rule, but, you know, Devin Moran's chained in break either. And uh, so, you know, there's just all these different factors and all these variables that I'm sure we'll get into as the show moves on here. But yeah, I mean, it's just a, a, a complete uh, astonishment and, and uh, you know, certainly a lot of drama on Saturday night too. Yeah, and then Kovac, you had like a couple weeks prior, you had Tyler Herb, he got, you know, DQ'd at Atomic. He had those tweets, and then you have this happen again. So, like, social media was just going bananas, even though they may necessarily not know the rules, some of those uh, keyboard warriors. But it is heartbreaking when you see a guy win a race like that, uh, you know, fast here the last couple weeks, you know, $50,000 payday. Anybody needs that racing anymore. And then, you know, to go to the tech shed and, People are kind of like, wait, what happened? And the you know the fans are kind of mad at the time at the racetrack, and then of course it snowballs from there on social media. But yeah, just what's your just initial thoughts on it? It is heartbreak city for Ricky Thornton Jr., especially when you just have a piece that you rely on that breaks. You know, it's a it's the it's a nightmare too for the for the series too for Rick oh, Schwally no with Lucas Oil Series. I mean, they got to make that call to to disqualify a guy. I mean, not disqualify, penalize a guy. Again, like there was some dis- there was some confusion actually at the beginning there with with like he, in the press release for the for the for the track I hadn't even been communicated that there was only a four point uh, a four spot uh, penalty not a total disqualification the last place and that release initially went out with him running uh, with Thornton listed last not fifth place like he actually got which made it a little bit better but um, he, he didn't lose the point lead too because of it. Um, it's just, uh, it's just, it's just, it is, it's, it sucks to all around. Like for three eighths of an inch, everybody's like, yeah, it's only three eighths of an inch. Well, well, that's the rule. Um, there's a rule in there. I mean, like for a reason and people would be going over it a lot all the time if there was no rule, uh, you know, if, if they could get away with it. Um, it, it, the problem is, uh, what, what's it, it, it really destroys the race though. I mean, it destroys, uh, Ricky Thornton winning the, I mean, it wouldn't be the biggest win of his career because he's won a $100,000 Dirt Track World Championship, but his first Show Me 100, first crown jewel of the season, uh, would have continued his great season. Uh, and then Devin Moran, he finally wins his 50, first $50,000 race, and it's not the same for him either. Uh, it, it's You don't get that same excitement of like rolling in, being told, okay, oh, you won, not he never even let a lap and, uh, and he gets the win and it's, he doesn't get he, he, that excitement just isn't there. Uh, he's just like, yeah, obviously he'll take it, but he's not going to uh, be jumping up and down uh, after. And winning Kovac, it, like it was kind of like bizarro world too, where like he got the check, but you look up and you're like, was this guy really ever in the running for it? Cause JD, he was right there and then he yeah. broke and you're kind of like, wait, Oh yeah. Devin Rain, we're happy for him. He gets it. But <laughs> when you have like some, a circumstance like that, you're like, was he ever really in contention? So I thought that was kind yeah, of Devin had some run-ins with 
run-ins with uh, you know little they didn't really touch I guess right uh, Kyle would, would uh, wrote about it um, with Brandon Overton running for position there second I think right at the end of the race um, right. kind of put him in pos- <coughs> position to, to be the winner uh, when when Overton ended up hitting the wall uh, as they were racing and then Tim McCready wasn't happen happy with uh, <coughs> with him either which is another you know I that, Tim McCready apparently doesn't even want to test with Devin now because he was so angry, uh, according to Kyle's story. Um, for again, kind of uh, making some contact there. So they had that on the other side, even with his win being by uh, by a penalty there, by kind of inheriting the win, he still had that to deal with too, with other people being mad at him. And, and he acknowledged that in Kyle's stories, that it, that didn't feel good. It, man, it just stinks when, when you have that. Um, that confusion about what's going on. And especially when it's not, you know, the guy, it wasn't Scott Bloomquist at the dream coming up on those scales. The light doesn't turn green and everyone knows. I mean, this was a thing that was done back in the pit area. Uh, and the fans are like, well, what, what the heck, what, what happened? I mean, we didn't, we didn't see any of that. We you know, we don't know what we, we're not technically inclined here to know what this droop rule is. And, uh, and, and that, that makes it even, you know, kind of, kind of worse. I mean, puts a uh you know back black cloud on the whole night and really stinks yeah it was just uh one of those crazy nights and you could just hear it in james essex's voice after the race there uh robert holman just like you can clearly tell he's devastated i know for a fact like uh you know rick swallow and the gang there you know the rules are rules but they don't want to kick somebody out like that you clearly tell that he was just the fastest car and just like a piece breaks like that but uh i don't know what do, well, it's just your uh, first thoughts on it, Robert. You had a busy weekend as well, as well with work and, you know, helping, you know, racing. But, yeah, if you're a team owner or something like that and that happens, that, you know, that's just a, that's a you know, shot in the heart almost. It's uh, it's absolutely it's absolutely devastating. Uh, I mean, you, you can only take away uh, so much from it as a team as far as a moral victory. You know, you go home saying, well, we were the fastest car and we – we really, you know, we showed them blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, when you look at the, at the rundown, he's not at the top. He's, he didn't win the race. And uh, even though he crossed the finish line first, uh, so it really, I mean, point blank, it sucks. It really sucks. It's brutal. Uh, financially, it sucks. Uh, it sucks for the whole crew who may have maybe, I don't know how their pay structure is. But, you know, a lot of these guys work on a, a salary plus a percentage or whatever. So it, it sucks for them. Uh, it's just, I mean, it, it is a bad situation all the way around. And 10 years from now, we're going to remember this. But at the same time, Devin Moran won the race because of, because of this. And so when we're looking at history only tells, lists only tell so much. When we're looking at back at history, you know, do we remember? I mean, I know that you remember Shannon Babb, the situation at the World 100, Derek. We don't but have to talk about I it. I don't. I, I mean, but you know, I don't. I don't remember even right. what year that was. So, you know, even three years after it happened, I would remember it immediately. But 10, 12 years, 15 years down the stretch, I don't even remember what year that was. I just remember it was McDowell, right? That took advantage, that got the win. Right. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So see, I had to even ask that. I just remember that McDowell did win one of the crown jewels at, at Eldora because of that. Well, you know, all I know 
10, 15 years down the road is that McDowell won a crown jewel at Eldora. But, you know, I don't really associate it with the whole bad thing necessarily. So uh, history doesn't tell the whole story. History down the road is not going to tell the whole story about how I personally left Clarksville Speedway at a certain time watching that race. And the damn thing didn't get over till I was in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, because it was so long. I watched that race all the way home almost. It was it was terrible. You know, the whole night was was just bad. You know, and then not only was the whole night bad, here's a cherry on top. You know, we have to we have to penalize the winner. You know, so it's a black eye for the track because of how bad it was. And it's a black eye for the series, even though all they were doing was following the rules. We we all agree on that, that Swally had no choice. But to, to if he didn't DQ him, or if he didn't penalize him, we don't need, there's no point in having any rules, period. So he had to do that. That's, that's you know, that's the way it, that's, that's the way it is. If somebody comes up and they're six, eight, 10 pounds light, there's no option. You have to penalize them. So this is a rule. It's in the rule book and it had to be done by, by Rick and his crew. And I feel bad for them because so many people, you know, are putting the putting, you know, so many people are putting it on them and it's, it's not them. It's not, it's not any more Rick's fault as it would be if, you know, if he, a tire test came back wrong, you know, it's, there's not a lot of difference other than people just hate the rule. So the majority of people hate the rule. I have actually read a few posts of people that don't necessarily hate the rule. People are like, you know, Hey, deal with it, go to work and get better. I've seen a few posts like that, but those are few and far between, you know, on social media. So it's just a, it's just a bad, bad thing uh, for, for the racing. And like, I think like Kevin pointed out and maybe, uh, maybe Kyle mentioned it too that that the crowd half of them are unaware for a while. What if you what if you see him across the finish line, and you're just like oh, I'm going on in my car. You're on the way home. You're talking to your buddy. So what about that? And you're like what What do you mean? People don't even realize it. People don't even know. People don't, a lot of people don't understand why it happened. They just see Devin, you know, coming up there uh, on the stage, and people are really confused. So. Uh, it's a rule that's very clear in the rule book. It's very clear to teams and eh, not so clear, kind of a grayish area, not really what, you know, fans for fans. And for instance, you have to, we have to like, I don't, our fans aren't, aren't dumb by any stretch. Okay. But a lot of them are, don't have all the information that they need. For instance, I was at Duck River. Uh, Sunday night, and as I turned around, okay, Ray Cook's races are 53 laps, okay, most of them. So 53 went on the board. I turned around, and I heard some guy say, that's oh, that's BS or whatever. Uh, the, you know, the flagman, they got that wrong because you know that wasn't a 53-lap race. The fans aren't informed. You know, that that's – it was a 53 lap race. They have been for years. And I just politely said, you know, actually it was 53 laps. And he looked at me confused. And I said, all of Ray, the majority of Ray Cook's races are 53 laps. So people are misinformed a lot. And, and if you don't 
spell it out in black and white and print it there and make sure people understand the rule there's a lot of misinformation flying around and and for instance i wasn't a hundred even as kevin said the track sends out a press release that says thornton was dq'd and a hundred percent all honesty i didn't realize that he just got i didn't even realize that he just got docked four spots until 20 minutes before this show started and we were talking about it i'm like wait what I was so out of it or I was mis I was misinformed. I didn't understand uh, there for a minute. So it's easy for people to get upset about things they don't understand. And I think they're as, as much as the series and stuff as everyone has tried to bring clarity to this rule, it's just not out there. I don't think uh, good enough for the fans necessarily. Uh, that's why I think you have uh, a lot of them on social media, uh, you know, really, expressing their their feelings as now as far as the teams on social media and and drivers and stuff expressing their feelings you know maybe we should take a step back and actually look at what they have to say and listen to them a little more fans uh you know they just need to be informed drivers and teams then perhaps we actually need to listen to them and see what they think and maybe try to find a a common ground somewhere and get this whole situation solved because personally i do think it was a black eye for the whole sport and especially the series even though it's not they're doing but the series and the track yeah like i mentioned earlier just like the you know he had turbo sending shots at Schwally a couple weeks ago so like social media is just going to keep feeding and feeding off of like this droop rule they're going to take their driver's side because at the end of the day they're cheering for their guy more likely uh Kyle, really quick, did it kind of like, was it, I like bombed out and was like Ricky Thornton, just like more detail, like, because, you know, $42,000 difference of paycheck he's getting this past week. And just really quick, just, or were you like, kind of like, oh, I'm going to be dreading this. This isn't going to be fun. Like, he might tell me to F off going into the interview. But luckily, you know, Ricky's a stand-up guy and gave us some good quotes. Yeah, I had no idea, you know, what to expect from his uh, just emotion-wise from him, his temperament, just how he's going to react to all this. And, you know, he's just – I got to the back pit, and he was still sitting there in his car by the tech shed, and it was actually, you know, a part of my story, just kind of that visual. And he's just sitting there, not talking to anybody. He's just sitting there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he was very upset and – um, had some opinions um, that he later posted on his social media, uh, just how it was sickening and and uh, you know I could I could get the vibe from him. You know he didn't tell me this directly, but you know really that three eighths of an inch and the deck height in the back of the car, you know being over that fifty one inch uh, level or uh, that limit, uh, really is a $42,000 and show me 100 title swing. Like really, you know, like when you put it that way, it's, it's just like, what, you know, but uh, you know, then again, you know, the rules, the rule. And he even said that, you know, he even said, you know, we could have checked it better. You know, there were things he didn't give a short sighted emotional kind of just answer, you know, and 
didn't go on a tangent or rant as to why the Drip rule needs to go or be exiled from the sport. He was accepting of it while he disagreed with the results and, and just what his performance put forth obviously did not, does not reflect on, you know, what the result is he was accepting. And I asked Anthony Burroughs, his crew chief for a comment and he declined, which I could understand in that moment, emotions are high and he's still processing just how all of that went down. And uh, yeah, so I'd say he handled it very well, you know, and, um, and then once, once you kind of read into the situation, once you're on the scene that he's calm and stuff, and you're able to have a level conversation with him, you know, then all is well from there on. But yeah, I mean, He's upset. I'd be upset too. I agree with Robert. It's a black eye on the event. Like for me being there for three days, my first show me 100, thought the racing was pretty good the first two nights. Weather was fantastic. A lot of storylines. Even the non-qualifiers feature was really good. That was crazy. Before that race, and then they did a a boatload of track prep. Um. you know, not calling them out by any means, but that's what happened. You know, they, a a ton of track prep went into it. I heard from a crewman that they took a screwdriver and let's see how far we can dig in the screwdriver to the track surface just to see how wet it is. And he said he could, this, this uh, crewman from Dylan McCowan's team put the whole screwdriver into the track including the handle went all the way down into the track and they were like oh my gosh this thing is this race oh like hold on tight you know like that was the reaction and certainly was so you know not trying to point fingers at anybody here it's just an unfortunate situation and where do we go from here as a sport i don't know and it's just uh we'll see how long this cloud kind of carries on into the rest of the season and you know this is also if i recall the first crown jewel where um you know that the droop rule had decided a crown jewel event you know so we'll have to see if there's any more the rest of the year and what comes from those as well if that's the case but hopefully not kyle i have to say i have to say this that when that happened I was thankful that you were there and not me because I'm like, oh, my God, I felt bad for you. Well, I felt very funny. I felt bad that that you were there having to deal with that because, you know, everybody knows that as a reporter, that's the last thing that you want to have to deal with after a race. You don't want to deal with it. And we also know that I was. A, I was like, felt bad for you. I was thankful that it wasn't me. But at the same time, I'm like, there are some drivers that if this happened to, we would never get the story. We would, there are a couple out there and we know who they are. There, there, I'm not going to mention names or numbers, but there are a couple out there that if this happened to, we'd never get a story out of it. I don't know what we'd do. You know, uh, they just don't, um, and I understand the emotions are high for a $50,000 to win race, but at some point you have to still try to have a level of, uh, uh, of, you know, I guess, you know, be professional. You have to have a level of professionalism 
to know that where we're at in this, in this sport, if that's where you want the sport to go, if you want the sport to be on TV and you want the sport to be a kind of more professional, then drivers need to be professional like Ricky Thornton did. So I know he was disappointed. It, it kind of reminded me of the, the Kyle Strickler deal at Eldora, just, just the emotions of losing that kind of, it, only the difference is Strickler, of course, had the flat tire, whereas this was a penalty. So, but as far as emotionally, it's just draining for a driver and for Ricky Thornton Jr. to still have that kind of professionalism. Uh, man, you got it's, it's hats off to him because we know there are some drivers that we would never get a quote from. Yeah, I mean, I was on the front stretch, kind of, you know, uh, at the, you know, this past weekend, and I made a comment to Chris Ferguson, like, I don't know how I'm going to write about this. And he just laughed and he's just like, good luck. <laughs> so, you know, it's just luckily, luckily it all uh, turned out and Ricky was able to, you know, give me a good six-ish minutes of, of honest, but mature feedback on the night. And, you know, it all turned out luckily from, you know, me being able to do my job and nothing impeding me from getting the story. But yeah, it was not the story that I wanted to write either, but yeah. So. Uh, Kovac, uh, I tweeted stuff like, you know, Drew, Drew diaries and then Bobby Pierce kind of responded. Maybe we should have like, which I think there might be something that, you know, the series and the higher up people in lay mile racing might consider like, you know, with track conditions being rough, do you get, like, leeway on, like, inches just in case something breaks? So, Bobby was kind of interjecting. I don't know if you saw that, too, on the social media. Uh, Princey Pierce, he was, you know, checking out some things, talking to fans, you know, just kind of like, hey, you know, sitting down having a good conversation, I thought. He's like, hey, maybe we can adjust if the track's rough and, you know, something breaks of that. I mean, not breaks, but, you know, rough, and then it kind of adjusts there from so on, I know you had kind of a comment like that. Maybe if the track conditions are different where, you know, something like that could happen. But then again, like, my mind is, okay, if the track's rough and people are getting flat tires, do they get their spot back? Or are they only going to be docked for, you know, four spots? So what's just your overall thoughts? And like Bobby's saying that, I know you wanted to kind of respond from those tweets that he had this past weekend. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a tough, uh, that's a tough call. That's another call that's going to be put on the uh, officials to I me, mean, how is this track too rough? Is it too, uh, too demanding? I mean, well, some one there will be drivers. I'm sure that would be like, well, I'm not running up on the cushion. That's going to be all rough. I'll stay down below. It's in low and it's not rough. Uh, so my car won't, uh, won't be in jeopardy of, uh, of breaking a, a chain limiter or something, um, a, a droop limiter. Yeah, that's, uh, and one thing that goes on in my, I know there's, there's talk about that. Like, uh, Obviously, like Ricky Thornton said, he he didn't hasn't broken one of those droop limiter chains before. Uh, as far as far as uh, I mean, I, I believe that's what he he was mentioning, and um, it's a rare thing. Uh, so obviously, that must have been that that racetrack must have contributed to that, and you could see that when there's 13 cautions in a race, when a race has to be stopped, uh, or at least uh, teams allowed to bring uh, other. Uh, replacement helmets to their drivers because there's so much mud flying around and they can't see anymore. They run out of tear offs. The track, th those must be pretty demanding conditions. And, and uh, there, there's probably no debate on that. Uh, 
there could be some other tracks like some guy one guy's rough track is another guy's uh you know optimum track i guess i don't sometimes they like that um and you build your car i guess some and in some occasions you toughen it up to make sure it can withstand that and i, I always think too i mean these and officials i'm sure think this too uh going into a a race and, and go if they're going to go rewrite the rule book and say hey uh, if the track is rough, if it's a demanding track, we're going to allow a little bit more uh, on the deck height. I mean, again, dirt track racing is, is not a precise thing with the way everything are hitting the walls and they're, um, uh, and, and, and just having things happen and the, the trading of the, of the sheet metal and stuff, trading right. paint. Um, but if it, if that wasn't the rule, oh, if your chain breaks, You'll be okay. We we won't penalize you on this race. We'll figure out a way to do something. I, I mean, I, I think some of those guys are going to figure out a way how to make that chain break for sure so they can get more. You know, I mean, that, that would be a thing. Like, oh, if the chain breaks, no big, I mean, we'll, we'll figure it out. Though there's, there's smart guys always trying to find a way into I mean, that's kind of probably why the, the droop rule is, is in effect. You go back. I, I know Ray Cook started it, um, was really one of the first starters of it because of the the safety factor like you know cars getting up too high and maybe tend to roll over uh I, and now it's um i mean there is there documented evidence on that that it stopped that i mean i don't know there's still cars that flip sometimes um also on the other hand though you have uh now it's it's also a, a talk of uh the drupal it's it's kind of in there too because the engineers will figure out a way to make that car go up higher in the left rear the the more the the better engineers the guys that have more knowledge are going to be able to get that up higher than other guys and, and give them more advantage so i mean who who knows i mean it's just one of those uh rules that's really tough to to grasp for uh, you know people that aren't technically inclined so uh but i i just don't know if you'll be able to just say hey if it's rough we don't do it. You know, we, 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 you know, well, well you, you're allowed to break a chain because somebody's going to figure that out. Uh, and one other comment though about Ricky Thornton Jr. I, I, I do have to, you know, commend him for the way he handled it. That was pretty good. I mean, he could have been out there bashing everybody, bashing the rule, complaining. And uh, I mean, he got his point across that he wasn't happy, but he didn't do it in a way that, um, you know, that, that could make him look bad to people, uh, to, to some outsiders that he is just, you know, going off on this, uh, on this deal, you know, um, uh, I, 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 I give him, give him a pat, <laughs> a pat on the back, especially in those conditions, you know, especially in the way, uh, the situation was, it had to be really tough for him. Yeah. A, uh, yeah. A, I like your statement, like, man, when do you decide though, the track's too rough, uh, stuff like that. Cause you know, we're not we're not helping people out if they get a flat tire or something breaks off their car or a shock breaks because the track's too rough, um, stuff like yep. that. Uh, and B, Kovac, what is, like, the current mood with the drivers? Have you talked to them? Like, what percentage of drivers like the droop rule, I guess I should say? And B, are not in favor. Is it, like, 50-50 or does one more lean to the other? Or I think it just – I think people just start hating it once they get DQ'd for it. <laughs> You know, probably once they get DQ'd, man, it's not the first time in a in a kind of a bigger race on a big stage that a guy's been disqualified. It's the first crown jewel win that a guy, I mean, penalized. Um, but remember last year, Eldora, Ricky Weiss, he won a preliminary during the World 100. <coughs> he was disqualified all <laughs> outright. He didn't just get 
you know, a few spots docked. He was outright disqualified, really messed up his weekend because he went from winning the race, which would have put him up front in the heat race on Saturday to way back in a heat race. So that really screwed him up. Uh, and he was much more critical of the droop rule and, and how it was. He didn't break a chain in that, in that race um, and how it was enforced and all that. But uh, to, to talk about um, – now, what was your question again? I almost forgot. I got, I got well, off like my drivers in the pit area because oh yeah, they, drivers. They, yeah, you know, sorry about that. Drivers, yeah. Like I've heard drivers say, we've got, we have had, we got no say in this at all. Why are we yeah. doing this? You know, like Bobby well, Pierce even tweeted that. I was just wondering, <clears throat> do drivers like it, or is it mostly maybe more and more turning against? Yeah, it right it, it's kind of. I don't. There's not like universal. I don't think everybody loves it. I don't think anybody loves it. But I did a story back in in uh, September that that it was Kokomo. Uh, Speedway XR races. Those were the first ones. Remember when XR, the XR series took the droop rule out. They just took it out, you know, and said, we're not going to use it anymore. And a guy, I mean, Tyler Herb was like, he won one of the nights too. I mean, although, you know, we could talk about like, I was a quarter mile bull ring. How much did it, you know, what was that a, a factor in it? Um, but he felt that made the racing better. He was thrilled that there was no droop rule. Um, he isn't he, he's totally against it. But then I went to other guys and it, it, it wasn't universal hate for the droop rule. Uh, I mean, I think I went to Shane Clanton. Shane Clanton went something like, you know, he goes, hey, that's that's a rule. You, you, you know, you, you know, this is what we know we got to run by. And I, I like it better, you know, and he wants to, if they're going to do it, just enforce it. Um, and, and that was a case with other drivers, too. And, and there was some drivers that didn't like it. But uh but I, it, it's again, it's like with everything. There, there's gonna be guys. There, there's. I don't think there was. There, gonna, Robert probably would know. I mean, a little bit more. Um, he's a little more technical than me. But it, there's, there's no rule that everybody likes. But there's, right. it, it, or dislikes. I mean, there's always gonna be probably some little. You know, someone's gonna like it more than others. Someone's gonna hate it more than others. Uh, so that's that's kind of where I feel. That's why that's the feeling I get so far. Uh, they're, they're probably Ricky Thornton probably is definitely not a fan now after a $50,000 loss, but, um, I, I, I don't see it like just being hate all across the board. Robert, go ahead uh, with, you know, if you want to respond to Kovac thoughts there, if you have any more, like maybe like what Bobby Pierce said, Hey, if the track's rough, can we put in this gray rule area, which really I'm not a fan of that just because like I said, we're not helping other people out with like other parts that failed as robert went black there he goes there he's sleepy he's back so, sorry uh no i i uh uh i don't think that you can alter the rule uh for a rough racetrack i think there are too many variables that's me personally uh i was at i just don't think that that that's a possibility but kind of like kevin said you're you're not really being fair to that guy who's I'm going to throw out Dennis Irv, for instance. He's down there around the tractor tires. You're not really being fair to him. You know, what if he, what if something happens to him down there, you know, as opposed to, you know, one of these, you know, cushion pounders up there, you know, they're kind of getting a break, you know. So I don't really think that's a possibility. Uh, everybody races on the same racetrack. Just, it's just the rule. I mean, like, like Kevin says, about Clanton, it's a rule, you know, just, just do it. You know, everybody's like, well, it's, 
you know, there are too many variables about the rule. Like you adjust a shock here, you adjust a shock there, and it alters things. Well, okay, you should know that, okay? Now, I'm going to throw out a couple of, for instances. I have never checked my race car in certain situations for the droop rule. Like when we change a shock, when we change, put our sportsman package on our car to go run in East Tennessee versus our crate package when we when we run here in Middle Tennessee. I haven't checked it to see how it changes it from one to the other uh, as far as that rule goes. Whose fault is that if I go somewhere and, and somebody checks it or whatever? If, you know, I don't, the thing is, I don't race anywhere where they check it, so it doesn't matter. But whose fault would that be if I did? If I showed up at a track and they're checking that, it's my fault for not checking it. It's not the track's fault. It's not the rule's fault. It's a rule. There are also rules that change within the the classes, the divisions that we run. So keep in mind, we can run limited late model, crate late model. And if we're, you know, just not thinking straight, we could enter a, a super late model race. The weight rules are all different for the things that we run. We might have to weigh 2250 at one place, 2300 at one place, or 2350 at another place. That's just accepted. Weight rules have been around so long that they're just accepted. Now, are we going to stick with this droop rule for so long that it becomes accepted? I have no idea. But I don't like all these weight rules. I just wish we all had to weigh 2,300 pounds all the time so I wouldn't have to jack around with all the stuff I do, you know, either moving lead or changing lead or making sure I measure my fuel right or all the things that I do to make sure that that when we cross the scales after qualifying or when we cross the scales after a feature race, that we're within the rules. It's just accepted. So I don't know how long it's going to take for this rule to be accepted. Maybe it never will. It may, never will be. But I don't think that that making kind of a judgment call, so to speak, as far as saying, oh, the track's rough tonight, so we're going to give you a little tolerance. That is not the answer, in my opinion. Because like also Kevin said, one person's rough track might, you know, one person's trash is another man's treasure. You know, this person might might say, well, it's a little rough for me, you know, because he hasn't been in the gym working out and he can't hang on the steering wheel, whereas you have a Don O'Neill type out there who's just loving it, you know, driving across ruts and ditches and, and has no problem with it. So you can't you can't do that, I don't think. Now, the last thing I'll say is as, as far as this thing's altering and changing during the race, I was at Bulls Gap probably in the early 90s. Had to be 92, 93, somewhere along the, the there. And uh, Mike... Mike Head, Hall of Famer Mike Head from Ellenwood, Georgia. Uh, he, I think he like hit the wall or got into something and like ripped the spoiler completely off his car. I can't remember every single detail, but he like lost a lot of sheet metal. Okay. And he comes across the way after the race. And guess what? He was like five or eight pounds light. And they didn't let him go pick up his all the crap he lost and put it on top of his car and weigh his car after the race. They DQ'd him. That's just his car after the race, as it was after the race, didn't meet tech. I'm sure Mike was upset because if anyone knows Mike like I did, he's the type of person who didn't like to take checks because he wanted cash to get home. He needed to buy fuel and he raced for a living and, and that's what put you know uh, food on his table. So he was a little upset, okay? But guess what? 
they didn't allow him to to go scrapping for all his stuff he lost and throw it on his deck and go go back across the scales. He was light when he got there. So it's a rule, and I don't hate it. I don't love it. I don't. I'm somewhere in between. I just know that if it's if if we get checked and it's not right, that's on me as a person, as a team owner, as you know, as a crew guy. Uh, and if a part breaks, oh, that's part of racing. That sucks. But I mean, and I'm not like digging on on RTJ and Anthony Burris because I like those guys a lot. The first four bar race car I ever bought background here i bought from anthony burrows a long time my relationship with anthony goes back a long way uh, i've known him since he since he was a driver at the same local track that we raced at okay so i'm not digging on them but when a part breaks all of our parts are held on to these cars by bolts right every every car every part we put on is bolted on sometimes they break and it ruins your night and this right. might be one of those instances where a part broke and really ruined his season, which really sucks. Yeah, and you do get a sense now, like, the scales, only people held their breath for, like, Scott Bloomquist. Yeah, Shane and Bab did, but now it seems like the, you know, series officials and the drivers and crew, when they're going over to get their, you know, droop rule, you can tell it's a lot more tense, a lot more people holding their breath, so... Because like I said, a, a lot of big name guys have gotten busted for Ricky Thornton Jr. Uh, guys have gotten trouble at like uh, you know after qualifying, like Brandon Overton, Speed Weeks, and Brandon Shepard with the Rocket Team last year. So a lot of people hold their, or a lot more people are holding their breaths than you would say maybe you know the you know the scales thing. So you know, especially and, and I'm not trying to, to, I'm not trying to compare them, app, you know, apples to apples there. Because oh, I know, I know. I'm just saying, I'm just saying that, that it is moving forward. That like you're right, saying, but, you're like in that middle area. You're not a fan of it. Don't love it. I think a lot of drivers and stuff like Kovacs said too are like that because people, a lot of people have gotten caught for it. You know, here in yeah. the last year or two. And, no, that's like, the no thing is a lot more. Run. There are a lot more variables that go into that rule as opposed to a weight rule. You know, right. the weight rule that's is usually like I forgot to man. I forgot to put fuel in the car. I forgot to eat a cheeseburger. I forgot that we took this weight off for qualifying or something. But the droop rule, it can definitely change. You know, your car could change throughout the race that you don't really know it. Although it acts, you know, not necessarily, it's not changing like, you know, an Indy car or something, but they, it can change. And because of variables that happen on the track. And that's where you're holding your breath when you get to the, to go be checked. And I can see it. We all can kind of feel the tension of a winner, like, okay, now let's hold our breath and see if this thing passes because man, it, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it sucks. And Kyle McFadden, that's why I think like, are you a fan of that? He only got docked four positions instead of like getting DQ'd the last. Cause I know a couple of years ago you would be DQ'd the last or, you know, maybe, you know, not get the you know money from it. So I think with like, Robert saying so many variables, yeah, it sucks, but you're not going to be fully, you know, pulled to the back if you're within like a certain, you know, inch amount. So uh, you, you agree with that instead of getting, you know, put to the tail that you can, you know, only get docked a certain number of positions? Absolutely. I mean, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense <clears throat> when you DQ a guy all the way <clears throat> to the tail of the field when the remainder of the field 
never had been weighed or checked or inspected. So like, why are you just going to send the winner all the way to the tail? Like, that doesn't make any sense, you know? So yes, I'm very glad that at least he walked away with something. And at least it was a top five for him in the long run, you know, in the points deal, I mean, that could have been a whole nother story that comes out of that too. You know, like what if we get to Eldora at the end of the year for the dirt track world championship. And let's just say if Ricky Thornton Jr. Was DQ'd altogether over this past weekend. What if those points ended up deciding, you know, his, his top four positioning going into Eldora, you know? So um, yes, I'm glad that yes, you know, at least there's some kind of positive and some, yeah, some kind of, silver lining that we can take you know from that over the weekend but i mean i just wanted to also touch on like rick schwally and just kind of the the vibe and or just kind of um just how he felt afterward on saturday that was not fun for him at all obviously you have to stick by the rule book you're not going to make any exceptions there's not going to be an asterisk when it comes to seeing some guys chain break um, when you know everybody knew in that pit area. Yeah. It was Ricky Thornton jr. Versus everybody else. And it wasn't even close. It wasn't even a contest. Yes. That Jonathan downboard had looked really good in that first part of that race. But I mean, let's be honest, nobody had anything for Ricky on Saturday and for that to end that way. Um, you know, it, 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 it wasn't fun for Rick Schwally and, um, you know, I could tell that, um, yeah, you know, like he was just, they were left with a, a very difficult decision and the blame does not need to be thrown back on them at all. Um, you know, so it just, uh, it just wasn't, wasn't fun for anybody, uh, except Devin Moran, I guess, but it, it wasn't even fun for him either. So, um, but in terms of just like docking guys positions rather than just a full bore, full blown DQ. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes more sense. And, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just like, like Ricky Weiss last year, you know, Kevin, he had brought up a great, you know, I forgot about that. And uh, Ricky, Weiss there, he was very critical of, of just how they checked the droop um, after he won that race there. And I'm pretty sure, um, you know, that they uh, officials or, or what came out of that situation, um, they, they uh, just to be more mindful, I guess, like what Ricky Weiss was trying to get across his point of just how they're checking the droop, you know, don't be so aggressive when getting the jack stand up or, or just like jacking up the car and whatnot. And, 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 and just be more delicate with just how they check the droop. So I think that was his main frustration then and there, <clears throat> but even then too, like he was so frustrated and so out of the picture that he didn't even take the track the rest of the weekend. Um, at the dream or at the world, right. Or the dream. I, I forget which one, but yeah, like he didn't even he take the track. Yeah. The rest of the week. 
Yeah. So he didn't even take the track the rest of the weekend. So killed him there. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, we're, we're just going to have to see just how much this escalates. And then another point too, like Kelly Carlton, you know, he had sent me a message on our Slack channel on Monday and said that, well, a guy like Dennis Serb, he regularly checks in at, at uh, 49 inches. Right. And so like, but there's a boatload of guys that come in and tiptoe the line right at 51. And really, technically, the rule is 50 with the one-inch tolerance. So, like, you know, maybe drivers from here forward are just going to have to make sure that – They got to follow Dennis Herb Jr. Yeah, he's they're like, just going to have to follow Dennis Herb, you know. So, I mean, maybe they just need to dial it back and give themselves some more slack next time. I don't know. Yeah, that, that, was a, that was a topic there back at Kokomo. Like, some of the drivers like Shane Clan, I think, mentioned and – uh you, you got to be, I mean, you got like, the same with weight, you know, you could push that right to the edge. You could run it as close to that, to that number as you, as you possibly can, but you got to take the consequences when it goes over. You better leave yourself some leeway there, you know, to, you know, or, or you're just going to be a riverboat gambler, I guess, and, uh, and, and hope that uh, you're always right on the mark, but sometimes it might bite you too. So yeah, you have to remember that. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, Kovac. Oh, sorry, Kyle. I was going to say Kovac, uh, like Kyle was saying, you know, he might have a good point. Like people that go to the scales, they get sent to the back. They're DQ'd like last place. Obviously, you've seen, you know, some guys at Eldora with their famous scales there. I'm uh, not going to mention any names. Scott Bluequist looking at you. But uh, what do you agree about? What do you think about that? Do you think they should get docked all the way, you know, to the bottom? Or do you think, okay, maybe for like five or ten pounds, you're only, you know, docked a certain position because they aren't really – necessarily weighing everybody so maybe that rule needs yeah, to be looked at a little bit yeah that's a, like your top three or top five are weighed in a race typically after a race mostly top five usually uh i mean if if you were you could just finish six you could be light as heck and finish sixth and you know just if you know you're light too you know all i want to do is be a finish sixth i don't want you to get in the top five. i mean that's uh, you know that's a tough thing to do to, to determine where <laughs> you're going to finish you never know but um yeah i, I, I like pretty much all through every division almost it seems like it's pretty universal that when you're light no matter how much you're last uh i remember some big block modified days you know like i remember some uh, things there where there was like uh well if you're if you're 10 pounds light you were only the term depending on how many pounds you were light you'd go to fifth you'd go to tenth you go you know you'd get so many spots in in some ways it's probably a better idea uh than um just going all the way to back when there are variables then you could again this that's what's so tough about all these any rule all these rules you still can have you could still be like well you should have you're gonna find a way you should have you should have like had a little built in you shouldn't be running right on that edge when anything could happen and it could kill you you know i mean it it could kill your chances because uh, to knock you out because you were right on well, that edge. You should have left yourself more, more room. You know, don't don't be gambling all the time. About, you want to play with fire, you might get burned, right? Well, think think about this. If there's a one inch tolerance and you're three eighths, you get DQ'd for three eighths of an inch. Technically, you're an inch and three eighths over the rule. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a tolerance there for a reason. 
And people so are like, that's what when people alluding to like the tolerance. Yeah, like, people you know, use that tolerance as the as the as yeah, the number. They think that's I mean, the with weight rule. and everything too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when people say, "Oh, he was only three eighths of an inch," that's what people, the people that don't understand the rule, or people in social, people say it's only three eighths of an inch. Well, technically, it was an inch and three eighths because we've already given you an inch. But you know how the mm-hmm. old saying is, you know, give mm-hmm. somebody an inch, you know, they'll take a foot or a yard or whatever that saying goes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, that's, there's already a tolerance. So why do we, why yeah. are we tolerating any more? I don't understand. All right, drivers, I'm going to say it right here. Follow the rules. Let's make sure we don't have this happen again. Uh, obviously, the Show Me 100 Saturday was a marathon, a lot of yellows. Get Ricky Thornton, you know, get DQ'd after the race, and then Devin Moran picks up the fifty thousand dollar payday. So just kind of like a bummer that whole, you know, two hours that seemed like that race took because there were just so many yellows. Just kind of peaked that, you know, that horrible moment by Ricky Thornton Jr. So follow the rules. You got that inch leeway. Make sure you're good to go, and just hope and pray that maybe your parts and uh, pieces won't break because uh, obviously it can be very devastating. But I do agree with you know the series saying hey you're only gonna be docked a few points so you still get a little payday in your eyes you could still say hey i'm the unofficial show me 100 champ uh like i say for shannon bab at the world 100 uh we all know that's true uh robert i want you to start off with your beautiful one more thing uh it could be with what happened this past memorial day or something coming up but what's your one more thing buddy uh i'm gonna try to lighten things up a bit and uh and had a different direction here uh at at duck river on sunday i'm standing i'm, that track I'm standing in the, yeah it must not go there uh I, i'm standing in the schaefer's oil and ray cook's trailer kind of at the at the back of it okay and i see um uh, i see ross bale sitting there he had pulled up and he's sitting there kind of i guess after the fact, I realized he was going out to practice, but at the moment he's sitting there and I thought he had just practiced and was backing into his trailer, backing towards. And I looked down there and there's no one at his trailer. So I was going to go, you know, like help him back down there. But then a, a pony car pulled up behind him and stopped there. And if he kept backing up on his own there, he was going to run into it. So I like, you know, told him to stop or whatever. He wasn't that far from me. So I'm going to walk over there now and help him, okay? As I'm walking out the trailer, I got about halfway there, and I felt a little, like, sprinkle, a little water, and I didn't think much about it. And then I realized it's the water truck coming, okay? So I still didn't think much about it. I've been sprinkled by a water truck before. It's not a big deal. So I didn't even look back. I just kept walking towards uh, a Ross's car. And next thing I know... It's like we're in Splash Mountain. I mean, this water truck dumps like 100 or 200 gallons of water oh, on me. Oh, my God. And as I'm going around, I'm thinking, so I'm going to walk around behind Ross's car. So I'm thinking I'm going to get less wet. It just kept coming. And Ross's car just gets flooded. This guy Robert, dumps. you're the face that just boondoggles at the track. Oh, my God. He dumps <laughs> 100 more or more gallons of water on me and Ross. And Ross is just sitting there, the helmet on helmet suit just sitting there ready to go on the track and he's just i can tell he's frustrated he just has nowhere to go and he just sits there and when it when the truck went by his face shield was covered with water i don't know how he, i don't know how he could see and so i was soaked i went i had to go to 
um, Ray's, I went back to Ray's trailer and he had a box of t-shirts back there. I just start digging through t-shirts. So I found one that fit, put a t-shirt on my shirt, never dried. My shorts never dried. The next day, my shoes were still wet. When I got home that night, my socks were still soaked. It was, and it got chilly at Duck River that night. I had to wear a jacket. It, it was a miserable experience. And I know, I think Ross said he had to go in and change his socks and stuff. I talked to him after the fact. But I'm like, why couldn't you have taken some of that water maybe and put it on the track? That's maybe a little dig there, maybe too much. But it was, I was never in my life. I've Like I said, I've been sprinkled before, but man, that guy had no remorse. He was just dumping water and it was crazy. And, uh, and, and people saw it afterwards. I was talking to, I was waiting for Dale McDowell, who won the race. And I was talking uh, to Shane's uh, wife and Dale's girlfriend. And they're like, oh, my God, we saw it. And that was you. Blah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> so it was um, is it was uh, I don't know what else to say. It was not it was not it cool. It was a downpour of just truck water all over, you know, it, your team and Ross. Mills. So I'm glad you survived. It was a it was a deluge. Art. It was a deluge. I've never seen a car hit with that much water as Ross was. And the thing is, it's like, he just couldn't go anywhere. He couldn't back up because of the car behind him and he couldn't go forward because the truck was coming. He was just stuck and he knew it was coming and he just, he just had to take it. It was, it was kind of humorous after the fact. That's why I started kind of lighten it up. But at the moment I was not pleased. Well, I'm glad you're okay. You survived it. Uh, you probably have to get your snorkeler next time you go to the pits of duck river. Uh, my one more thing is, some call him uh, the GOAT. I call him Mr. Smooth, Billy Moyer. Win number 849. Uh, career wins. Got the picked up a $5,000 payday at a racetrack. He's won plenty of special events, Farmer City Raceway, on Friday night. Uh, started eighth and worked his way to the front. and uh, showed, the, showed the Illinois Young Guns, hey, I'm not dead yet. I can still get Ws. And uh, I don't know, 849 wins, one away from 850. Uh, been kind of quiet here the last couple weeks racing you know all over the midwest and stuff like that mostly in illinois with that uh tim lance team but hey it's always cool kevin kovac when billy moyer gets the w yep almost the 850 now right he's gonna get there right he's 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 never retiring he's going until he's 80 or 90 or yeah. 100 all right what's you know? your one more thing uh this i just got to mention uh the, the world of outlaws were at sharon for the battle at the border for three days beautiful weather out there too man they had they couldn't they have so early Man, they were nice. The shows went very smoothly, um, and it was a great weekend for Chris Madden. He's back on track with the win, uh, and in the win department, he gets a preliminary and he won the twenty-five thousand uh, dollar finale on Saturday. That's his first two outlaw wins. I mean, you wouldn't expect to be the end of May when he's getting his first outlaw win. Uh, and the thing is, he's led the points the whole way, you know, for most of the season here, and he went into the weekend with the point lead. He's been so consistent. He hadn't really been right in the mix for wins but he was like you know fifth to tenth most of the almost every race he's run i think his 15th had been his worst uh, race um and that kept him in the points lead now he's winning that's probably bad news for the for his rivals there i mean bobby pierce did move up to second he's got he's a little bit behind though and, and so is uh 64 uh, you know, points and shepherd and now you know yeah, and and Dennis Herb is pretty much out of contention to, to defend his title. He's over 200 points behind now. That, that's that's an unbelievable stat right there. And considering that he's he was so consistent and 
and he just hasn't had that consistency this year. And um, it's gonna, I just say it's going to be tough. If Chris Madden was the, was the one of the odds on favorites to uh, probably him and Shepard for the championship this year. And he's looking really good now when he's, if he's starting to win. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Pierce is in second and third is Nick Hoffman. Who's two points behind Bobby. So we got the, you know, the younger guys of, Closer to my age, they're right behind Chris Madden as he's just kind of been uh, off the radar the last couple weeks with no outlaw races. Comes back here hot and gets a big W. All right, Kyle, bat and clean up. What is your one more thing? Yeah, I just wanted to shine a spotlight on Dylan McCallan, uh, the local native uh, this past weekend at the Show Me. His first ever Show Me 100. 19 years old, he's a late model rookie, doesn't even have 20 starts in the late model, goes out, finishes uh, sixth on Saturday. Um, I think he finished also sixth on Friday and, uh, or no, sorry, sixth on Thursday and 12th on Friday. Uh, his average finish of the week was, was the, the fifth best at the show me all weekend long. And um I even ranked him in my top 25 this past weekend, but <clears throat> he's planning to head out to Eldora at some point this year too, either for the dream that's coming up or the world. He's running for the ML RA points and he's fourth in points right now behind Chad Simpson, Chris Simpson and Garrett Alberson. So that's some pretty good company right there for the rookie. And uh, you know, it, it was cool to be able to write about him and get to know him a little bit and, you know, maybe we'll be writing about him more in the future. Um, I don't think really anybody outside of Missouri or outside of uh, Wheatland really knew much about him, but uh, I guess his name is out there now, and it's always good to see, you know, younger, fresher faces, you know, emerge in our sport. It's good for our sport, and uh, I just wanted to shine the spotlight there on him. Yeah, great weekend for uh, the young Missouri driver to get uh, some good runs at the Show Me uh, Show Me 100 in the Show Me State there in Missouri. Uh, let's be looking forward to maybe seeing them in some bigger races this year, watch them and seeing them continue to grow. Uh, well, this week we have some good racing coming up. We got three nights of World of Battle action at Farmer City, Tri City, and Paducah. We got the Lucas Oil. They'll be headed to West Virginia Motor for $50,000 on Saturday. And then when we talk next time, next week, boys, it'll be officially Dream Week. Let's go. Let's get ready for that. It's going to be a good time as we go to Eldora Speedway. Uh, be sure to check out these guys' uh, blogs, articles, and updates. They do a great job. They were very busy this past weekend. And well, we'll see you next week. Until next time, this is the Dirt Reporters. Thank you for watching and listening.